Hello, everyone. I am so glad you've joined me on game day, Birds Not Balls. My name is Micah Burgess. I'm a birth doula in Waco, Texas, and I'm enjoying uh, being a podcast host for sure. And I've been talking about my own personal birth experiences. I'm talking about one birth at a time as much as possible. It's hard to do when you have six kids like me. When you start talking about one birth, you remember something from the other birth. And so sometimes you kind of chase that rabbit or get sidetracked. I'm trying really hard to just focus on the one at a time. And today I'm talking about birth number three with my daughter, Anna Joy. Uh, her first name is Anna. Her second, her middle name is Joy and we call her Anna Joy. Um, and she was in sports. And so AJ, is what she, her nickname is. And so I may call her Anna Joy. I may call her AJ, all the same person. So she's my third. I have kids already. Um, and so pregnancy um, for me with Anna Joy, you know, I, I don't remember a lot with the pregnancy, if I was going to be honest. And I think it's because I'm just busy with other kids. And I think a lot of my clients who are repeat clients, they feel guilty because they're like, I never think about this pregnancy and this baby. It's like, well, yeah, because you have a life, <laughs> you have children and work and you know, whatever is going on in your life. There's not a lot of time. And when you're a first time mom and you're first pregnant, oh, you got all the time in the world to be thinking about this pregnancy. I mean, it's like all you can think about. Not so much with the third one. Uh, so I don't remember a whole, whole lot about my pregnancy, except I'm a huge pregnant person. I was big with, uh, AJ. Uh, but I do remember craving sour things, like unusually crave sour things, pickles, green olives, oil and vinegar dressing. And coincidentally, Anna Joy loves all those things. She was born July 3rd at 11 p.m. So she was almost a July 4th baby. But my uh, stepdad, Keith Rollins, his birthday is July 3rd. So she was born on his birthday and they have a very sweet, sweet relationship sharing the same birthday. We'll fast forward now. Cause again, there's not a lot to talk about there. Um, it's time it, I'm getting ready to have a baby and I'm making dinner for my family. I think it's like six, seven o'clock at night. I can tell that I'm having some contractions, but I'm okay. Um, now I'm, I'm like having to stop and breathe through them. And so it's like, okay, time to call the midwife. <laughs> which we did. And, uh, we had people watching our other kiddos and, you know, the people that were at this birth, some, some of it was similar, but their roles were different, um, at each one of my kids' births. And so I kind of like that. I mean, like with Gabrielle, I mentioned that my husband was sitting behind me. I was on the birthing stool. Um, I was with Anna Joy ended up on the birthing stool. And I don't remember a lot of labor with Anna Joy. Again, it just was happening. It was happening quickly. Um, I knew what to expect. I was breathing well. It, it, it's kind of a blur and it was fast. Um, but again, kind of easy. Sorry. So, <laughs> um, I'm sitting on the birthing stool and now it's my sister, Amelia, that is sitting behind me instead of my husband. My husband actually had the opportunity to catch Anna Joy, which he did. Um, and so now it's time to push. And, um, I had said also earlier that when I give birth, um, I don't, my water doesn't break early. Um, it typically breaks during delivery while I'm pushing a baby out and my water had not broken with Anna Joy. I'm sitting on the birthing stool and 
I'm tired, y'all. It's 11 p.m. and I got kids. Like, I'm exhausted. And there's some pictures of me and I am like, why does a ghost? I look terrible. <laughs> I look terrible. Oh, my gosh. I was just so exhausted. Um, but that was just kind of from the day, not because my birth was hard. So anyway, my midwife is like, hey, Micah, what if we go ahead and break the water bag so that baby can be born? Well, for some reason, when she said that, I was like, wait, what? We we have not talked about breaking my water. Why would we do that? And I was kind of freaking out. And I was like, I, I mean, everything's going fine. And I don't know, how's that going to feel? And my other sister, Maranatha, chimed in and she's like, Micah, it doesn't hurt. Like, you don't feel anything when they break your water. I was like, oh, okay. And Tony was like, my midwife, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize, you know, you didn't know that it was going to hurt. No, it's not going to hurt. And I think the water bag is in the way of baby's head. So like the bag is pushing out of my perineum. There's a, a good bit of water, like a sack of water, and then her head, if that makes sense. So if you remove the water bag, like that, then her head's going to automatically descend and probably be born. And so, you know, while as a birth doula, I don't typically encourage my clients to get their water broken. I think it is best for it to break on its own. Sometimes it, it actually helps. It, it's, it's good. It, it's not a bad thing. Baby has descended enough. Um, you're progressing fine. There's not going to be any kind of time clock because your water's been broken for a long time, but it is hindering baby from descending. And maybe you've been in labor a long time. Maybe you're stuck at transition. Oh, no, you don't want to be stuck in transition, y'all. That, that's terrible. <laughs> so maybe just removing that water bag allows baby to finally drop. And now, he, now we have a baby, like literally one, one contraction. We got a baby, right? So that was my scenario. So she broke the water and uh, water goes everywhere. <laughs> and I'm talking about one push later, Anna Joy was born. I mean, really, really fast. And like I said, I was on the birthing stool. I immediately, I mean, they handed her to me and I'm holding her. And I immediately was like, placenta was born. And I was like, I, I got to lay down. And so I handed the baby back to my midwife and literally crawled onto my bed, laid down, fell asleep. And now a word from our sponsors. I'm talking snoring out fell asleep and they're doing all the assessments on baby. They told me she was just, you know, crying and everything while they're like assessing and doing all this stuff. She was nine and a half pounds. She was a big girl. Um, and I was just out y'all. I mean, I slept, I snored. And so they're like, Hey, my God, we think she wants her brush. I was like, fine. Just, and so they just held her, you know, laid right down beside me and she latched on and breast. And I just slept for hours. I was so tired. Um, and, and I think I mentioned in the first two uh, podcast episodes about my personal birth experiences with Gabrielle and Jacob, every birth is a little bit different. So this, this one from really start to finish from pregnancy to the time she was born, really, really, she's pretty easy. In fact, I named this episode, I'm calling it the big easy because she was a big girl, but it was an easy birth. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that experience. There's not a lot that I look back on with that one that I go, oh man, that was so tough. However, I will say with um, Anna Joy, 
I was determined to figure out the um, breastfeeding issue in terms of breast infections. I was very prone to them with Gabrielle and Jacob. Um, With Gabrielle, I mean, I was encouraged to do on-demand feeding, um, let her stay latched on as long as she wanted. She could be at one breast seriously for like 45 minutes. I didn't know anything. I was her human pacifier. And we did later learn she is probably my most oral child, like constantly something in her mouth, chewing gum, ice, chew, you know, when she was growing up, chewing on toys, pencils, everything, just extremely oral. So that was some of what I was struggling with is that she was just constantly latched on. And I think what happened is I would have several letdowns and then she keeps trying to breastfeed even though she's not hungry. So then I have another letdown, which is telling my body make more. She's not getting enough, which she was. Anyway, I got a really serious breast infection with her 104 temperature. It was awful. And with Jacob too, I had a few um, breast infections. They weren't as bad, but you know, the red hard sores and oh man, low grade fever. You feel like you have the flu. It's just so awful. I hate it. Anyway, so I was determined with her. uh, No, I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out. I'm not doing this again. I am going to be very conscientious, conscientious. That's a hard word to say on how I do this. So I decided with um, Anna Joy that I was going to breastfeed on both sides, every single feeding. So if I started on the right, then I finished up on the left, the next feeding session, I would start hook her up on the left, finish on the right. So both breasts were always mm, basically emptied every feeding session. I pretty much didn't let her hang out at the breast for 30 minutes at a time. Um, Once I knew that she was like, you can tell when a baby is um, actually getting milk and actually breastfeeding that you can kind of hear them swallow. (laughs) Sounds like that. (laughs) Did y'all hear that? (laughs) I don't even know if y'all could hear that, but you can hear them swallowing. um, And they're not just kind of like nibbling right? That's not breastfeeding. That's just, that's just nibbling. That's just hanging out. And so I didn't really let her hang out that much, um, at the breast. So once she ate, we're done. I'm packing it up. And if I felt swollen at all, engorged at all, maybe, you know, when they're newborn, sometimes they like think they're starving and they'll latch on, you have a letdown and then, oh my gosh, they fall asleep. And you're like, Okay, that wasn't a good feeding session, but now I have all this milk. So I was very conscientious of that as well. I I would go, <laughs> I literally would go to the bathroom, fill up the sink with as hot of water as I could stand and lean over and submerge one breast at a time to loosen all of those milk tucks up. And I would slowly just rub if I thought there was a sore spot, a red spot, very gently and kind of self-express a little bit. And that was magic for me. I didn't express until I was empty because I did learn if you empty your breast, you're telling your body baby needs more. And so I didn't want to do that, but it did relieve the pressure that I was feeling. And, and so that's how I kind of was proactive and preventative from there ever being a possible scenario for a breast infection. That was a great learning experience for me. And, and I've taken that with me as a birth doula. Um, you know, I am not a lactation consultant and my people know that, but I do know what the three or four main 
problems that can happen. So I'm thankful that I had those experiences because I'm able to help a lot of other women, whether they're, even if they're not my clients and just communicating, Hey, this is what I did. And, and it helped me a ton. Um, and I pretty much didn't have breast infections after that, but I had to be proactive. And so for some of you, um, that's a really good tip. Anna Joy's birth is the big easy. There you go. She's, she's the one. And, uh, I'm thankful, so thankful for her experience and I'm thankful for all of the experiences. And I'm looking forward to talking about, um, my last three births with you. Thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for joining me on game day, birds, not balls. You can follow me on my Instagram page at my doula Micah. You can also find me on wagodoula.com, wagodoula is on Facebook. And if you like what you heard, you can subscribe or you can find us on roguemedianetwork.com. Thanks for joining us. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. 